Just put death by rock and roll Hey brothers and sisters, what's going on? Welcome back to season two of Coffee and Vinyl. I'm your host Kyle and we are hanging out in the pot office as always and sipping today on a little bit of Kefa Coffee's Rwanda Rise. It's dark roast um, specialty coffee from uh, the Kefa, ba- Kefa brand which I found I think it's from Walmart. I don't know. I'm not being all super, what do you call it, uh, expensive with my taste this week. But uh, I think it's pretty damn fine, tasty beverage there. So if you get a second, check it out if you like your dark rose coffee. And enough of my advertising for someone I'm not getting paid for. Uh, just wanted to let everybody know what's going on we are in season two and this is episode number two of season two and we are hanging out and we are giving you today the uh uh we're giving you volume two of never mind the mainstream the best of 120 minutes from back in 1991 Damn, we're old. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, second um, disc or cassette or vinyl. I don't think I actually had a vinyl copies of these back in the day, but definitely had CDs and uh, cassettes. And this is the second volume of that uh, little package that I bought back in the day. little background story if nobody was there back in 1991. Went out with a bunch of friends near Christmas time and ended up in the um, Camelot music that was in the McKinley Mall in Hamburg, New York, which is where I graduated uh, high school in 1992, in case any of y'all really give a shit. And a girlfriend of mine and I went into this store before we went out to the movies with a gaggle of our friends and uh, saw Hook and we decided to look around the record store and she pointed this one out and I was like oh hey we need this um well I need this I had a lot of great music and some really fantastic new memories built from this kind of music it was one of those alternative scene kind of deals there and yeah when alternative was really alternative so to start our little journey uh let's let's start with the first track on this one because i don't have a lot of personal adage to go on through um if you want to hear a little bit more of kind of the some of the stuff with that particular purchase that i haven't touched on yet um go back and listen to uh season one episode one back a uh, little few weeks ago that i made uh and i also want to shout out to all of you that have decided to pick me back up and start listening to me again since I just started decided to start recording again um the love is very much felt thank you very much and also my little humble brag from uh, a year of doing this podcast I didn't do too shabby this year on my uh, Spotify wrap-up I was thoroughly pleased um I'd be a lot more pleased if I could just quit doing my normal nine to five and just do this all the time for y'all but you know maybe someday anyway uh let's let's do this for the love of what we do it for which is the love of music and to start today our first track off of this is a little number by the guys in rem off the green album and uh this was uh, there was uh track number seven on the green album released in 1988 and it's a little song that they kind of penned um as a uh to kind of bring awareness to the use of um the agent orange defoliant in vietnam and how it was affecting a lot of of the soldiers that were there and then when how uh, how it affected them when they came back um it, it was pretty fucking poorly to be very honest you know all these guys that we send out 
and girls that we um, send out to defend our country and fight for our freedoms and everything. We, we, we don't take care of them as well as we should. And, I mean, unfortunately, not only back then in the 70s and 80s, but still to this day. I mean, you know, when you see friends that are ex-military that are posting, you know, suicide awareness and, and things of that nature for soldiers now, you know they're not getting treated well. Um, because it's it's a rough job and you see some crazy ass shit and to all those that have served I, I honestly say thank you um, regardless of my beliefs as to why you're serving you're, you're still out there doing something that a lot of normal humans can't do and I applaud you for it and I think you're all wonderful human beings anyway most of you anyway that I know um so yeah so let's uh stop me talking for a few minutes here and let, let's play some tunes um that, like I said this is Agent Orange or Orange Crush all about Agent Orange from R.E.M. say at the time I was not a major um, REM fan hadn't gotten into them at just yet uh, it was this CD and then subsequently going in and, and or going out and finding uh, going out and finding uh, green and then later out of time and then their subsequent releases afterwards uh, out of time and uh, uh, Automatic for the People um, really got me into R.E.M. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, nice little intro to them and, and I did go back and, and check out a lot of and have some of their older stuff, um, Document and Eponymous a few others Anyway, um, still a great song, very poignant, and still has some rings of truth to it today, for sure. Um, you know, to all the people that are suffering, and and that sort of thing. Okay, let's let, let's get away from the dribby drabby bullshit. Let's go into something a little more uh, tongue in cheek and interesting and funny. The next um, the next track on the album. Is this is not a love song by Public Image Limited, better known as the vehicle that Johnny Rotten, John Lydon of Sex Pistols fame used um, for quite a few years after the Sex Pistols, uh, you know, ultimately imploded and you know went their went their way, um, and aside from the. F disturbing fame that Sid Vicious brought upon himself for many unfortunate different reasons. Johnny Rotten being the lead singer and the more outspoken of the group is the one that kind of moved on and, and did his thing. And I guess the record company decided they wanted Johnny to write a love song of some sort. So being Johnny Rotten, he decided, yeah, okay, you want me to write something like that that's never going to work because we're Public Image Limited. I'm Johnny fucking Rotten. <clears throat> um, you know, uh, he, he wrote it and um, 
he all he he wrote this kind of I guess um, it was released as well it was on <sighs> Jesus I'm not doing so well am I um, this is track nine off of um, this is what you want uh, oh so dot 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 this is what you get and he kind of thumbed his nose at critics and fans and you know who was saying he was selling out and everything else when the record company wanted him to write a love song he said well mm, yeah, here, here's my love song and it's called this is not a love song let's check it out this is not a love system as Johnny always did so well big business is very wise I'm entering into free enterprise <clears throat> so yeah uh, there is Johnny's thumb in the note thumb at the nose of big business and whatnot and trying to tell him what to do and ironically enough it was PIL's largest hit um, kind of I guess you could say to date. I know they're consistently or inconsistently back and forth, kind of like me, uh, you know, making music and, and doing things of the, of the musical nature. And, you know, Johnny Rotten's still going to be Johnny Rotten. And to dovetail nicely into the next song, it is another of the pioneers of punk rock music. You got it. You guessed it. Them boys from the New York City area. That would be Johnny, Dee Dee, Mark, and Donnie. The Ramones. Gotta love the Ramones. You know? I mean, seriously. How can you not? If you really listen to who they are, they're just an old school, 50, old school 50s rock band. Rock, not rock or Billy, but garage rock band that were just kind of out of time and those lyrics that they tend to throw out there kind of usher in the fact that they're in the wrong time but their melodies and music style and everything is so wonderfully 50s and early 60s stuff um, and they wear those influences on their sleeve and this song actually one of their bigger hits is also a tribute to that um, <clears throat> this is track number one off of End of the Century from back in 1980 and it is their love letter to the rock and roll that they loved when they were kids and I think we need to just get to playing it what do you say? I think so let's do this
Oh, I bet you some of y'all are out there saying, wait, 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 wait. That is not, do you remember rock and roll radio? At least not the, the version I remember. No, it's definitely not. But I chose this version because I kind of dug it a little more than the original severely overproduced version that was originally released on the recording and put out there and kind of became one of their bigger hits. Uh, lots of horns and, and crazy radio shit in the background. I chose to play the bare bones version, which I, I did just because it's a little more punky sounding. Um, <clears throat> definitely a lot more raw. It's the like it's the demo version off of the remaster of end of the century. Um, and part of the reason I did it is I didn't want to give too much to uh too too much uh airplay to phil specter um he's kind of a piece of shit and though a great producer he he was weird wacky and wild and did some crazy shit to the poor boys and the ramones while they were under his uh tutelage and did a lot of things they weren't super happy with at the end of all of it but you know times being what they were so i decided to play the demo version of that song because i dig it a little bit more Anyway, moving on to our next little ditty on this particular album, um, this compilation. This is Burning the Burning House of Love by X. I was never real familiar with these guys, still am not. Uh, I dig their sound, but I never really, this never really caused me to, to dig full into their catalog or to who they were. Um, it was just kind of a cool song that was on this record. Um, I do know that it was the first track off of Ain't Love Grand from 1985 by them. Um, so, since I don't know too much, let's just throw ourselves right into it and play some Burning House of Love by X. Okay, so <clears throat> a lot of the reason I decided to do this podcast was to share stories and, and um, personal stuff that made me love whatever music that I've decided to play for you. And with this being a compilation, I actually have a couple of different stories with um, or a couple of different stories going with each song that we're I'm about ready to throw into your earballs. First one, um, unfortunately, this is not going to be the the normal version of this song that most people do know. If you know the song, know the band, love them. Um, this is a remix, and I cannot find um, the original mix on any of my streaming services, and I don't have it on vinyl, so I can't play it. Uh, I think Apple has this, the original studio version, but I'm not sure. But either way, this is a song that um, just always made me and rage and love every second of it. And also, um, myself and two friends on the absolute last day of our senior year well mine and the young gentleman who was the driver that day um on our very last day of senior year we skipped the last day of school oh i know such rebels but we did so to go out 
to the Buffalo City area. And actually, we had to cross, I believe we had to cross the border to buy tickets for the 1992 Lollapalooza tour that was coming that summer that we desperately wanted to go to. And it was myself, Mr. Craig Savage, and Miss Renee Fleerl, who was the younger of the three of us. She still had another year of high school. How do you deal with that? Anyway, um, we drove downtown and across the border and bought tickets in Fort Erie for the 1992 Barry show of Lollapalooza, which... Uh, if you've heard me talk about it before on a couple other episodes, um, featured uh, Lush and the Jesus and Mary Chain and Ice Cube and uh, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and of course the boys I'm about to play right now. Al Jorgensen and the Gentleman in Ministry. This song uh, is called Stigmata, and it is track one off the Land of Rape and Honey, and was to be kind of the first song categorized as industrial. Um, it was the most of their ministries offerings prior to this were. Definitely on the electronic side, but hadn't quite gotten that raw, rough, edgy sound that we know of as industrial today with, you know, bands like Nine Inch Nails and, of course, Ministry and their sound currently and, you know, um, uh, like Aphex Twin and oh, who else could we throw in there? Uh, uh, Pig Face and... Just all the industrial bands you can think of. Uh, Skinny Puppy, there's another one. Oh, love me some Skinny Puppy. Anyway, <clears throat> this song also, <laughs> during that fateful day, we decided to be a bunch of wannabe badasses and drove through kind of the... We're getting lost in downtown Buffalo, so to speak, and we were on what was called the east side of Buffalo, which was known mainly as kind of the the the... the the black side of town and the bad side of town and we were standing we were driving around blasting this and i will never forget blasting this fucking song at a dude at a dude's car stereo driving down the street and we're stopped at a red light and there's two or three black dudes just hanging out minding their business and they hear this fucking badass beat coming from these kids cars and it's not hip-hop it's not rap Actually, back then, it wouldn't have even really been hip-hop, would it? Um, <clears throat> it wasn't rap. It wasn't R&B. But it was some badass white boy music, and they were digging it. Shuffling their feet, shaking their heads, kind of giving us the, the thumbs up without giving us the thumbs up, I guess. Um, so, yeah. And, hey, I'm here to play the music, right? How about I do that?
truth I know is look the look in your eyes. Urgh, just, mm, just gives me that sound of, or that that feeling of raw power. Urgh, <laughs> Alright, so anyway, um, this next one, I kind of, I don't know why this song reminds me of a specific person, but this reminds me of a girl that I used to know, actually the girl that helped, that I bought this album with, her name was Cindy, and uh, she was a big, you know, no, she was a big every kind of music fan, she loved all kinds of stuff, and yeah, it's typical to say but in her day she was definitely into the weird stuff that I didn't know so she introduced me to a lot of stuff and she introduced me to the Smiths and Morrissey um Morrissey more than the Smiths at the time because you know the Smiths were kind of a no more entity at this point in time um you know because Morrissey's Morrissey but uh there was just something about this particular song um, it is track number three from his 1988 kind of coming out party, as it were. His big, his big one called Viva Hate. And um, this is Every Day is Like Sunday. And it's kind of about a town that you, that survived, you, we've survived nuclear, a nuclear holocaust. And it's kind of this town, seaside town that, kind of got forgot about um anyway it's a really groovy tune but it always reminds me of her and um because she introduced me to a lot of different stuff by morrissey this one definitely being one of those tunes um so yeah let's uh get us a little bit of morrissey in the afternoon Every day is like Sunday from Morrissey. In his weird wannabe Elvisy <laughs> sound. <clears throat> so the next song I don't have well actually I lied. I do have kind of a story with. Um, as I'd said, this this band was one of the bands on the lineup for Lollapalooza ninety two, one of the few actual festivals that I've been to um I've been to a butt ton of concerts as I'm as you know I am want to do because I'm a music guy but uh this is one of the few actual festivals I went to and it was a sleepover it was it was in fucking way up in Barrie Canada um in Ontario and uh myself and the aforementioned Craig and uh, Craig Savage there and Molly and Molly Sheen and Kevin Rapner. We all went to the show. Stayed overnight in the tent after the show was over. Craziness ensued. It, it, was, a, it was a good time. Anyway, uh, this, this next band we're going to play is one of the few bands that I actually had the opportunity to get into the so-called pit for and it actually happened to be this song um, 
that I'm about to play that I was, well, this and a couple others, but this is one of the ones that I got up and I was like, oh my god, because I didn't know a ton uh, by them at the time. Uh, this is off of uh, Automatic from 1989, is track number seven, and this is Head On by the Jesus and Mary Chain. Dig it. jump around a little bit uh, <clears throat> next off on our running little agenda here uh, on this particular album we're gonna throw the name of the album out there again this is never mind the mainstream the best of 120 million 20 minutes volume 2 um, next up on our list is probably the best known song by this band uh, prolific band throughout the early 80s uh, especially in England and in the on the alternative scene this is Echo and the Bunnymen and uh, this is track number 6 off of Ocean Rain from 1984 and it's definitely one of their most uh, celebrated and best known songs and there is a reason why because it's just a great song <laughs> plain and simple you don't you know this is definitely alternative to the nth degree before alternative became a moniker this is something that you you know kind of if you knew you knew um which is really what the alternative scene was it was an if you knew kind of thing and you were hip to this stuff you were definitely one of the cool kids so here is the killing moon by echo and the bunnyman Soundscape is just absolutely undeniable. Next up, um, actually, the next two songs are connected. There's definite connective tissue um, to this one, to these next two songs. Um, not that I'm against at all. Uh, giving a shout out to another podcast definitely not um but if you haven't heard of the show called no dogs in space um it is made by one of the well <clears throat> two of the folks that are involved in what's called the lpn network um last podcast network 
uh, Marcus Parks and his wife Carolina Hidalgo. They have this show called No Dogs in Space, and over the last couple of years, they have taken um, huge, long, episode-long, or season-long episode, or, jeez, try this again. They have taken long, deep dives into um, bands that are definitely something prolific, not only in the alternative scene, but also largely in the punk scene, at least for right now. Um... I know they'll deep dive into others as they move along because Marcus is a gigundo music fan, as is his wife. Um, and they did a season um, on Joy Division. And Mr. Ian Curtis and the boys in Joy Division. Um, and this song is probably one of their best known. Um, it's, it's definitely one of their biggest chart toppers, per se. And unfortunately was released after Ian uh, took himself out of the picture. Uh, right on the cusp of them going on their first major tour, he committed suicide. And uh, their podcast will definitely give you a history and a, and a look into why uh, this ha that happened and to the person he was and the rest of the band and the scene they were in and just how instrumental the band in and of itself was even for their small amount of um, recordings out there they were definitely important and influential in the modern music scene period um, so the first track is of course Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division was a single released in 1980 um basically the song is kind of about where uh, the lead singer ian's mind was at and his mental health and where his marriage that was desperately falling apart um at this point in time uh was at so and i just think it's a beautiful song no matter what you do and deep and dark <clears throat> and here it is Okay, well, <clears throat> as I'd said, uh, these next two songs are definitely have some uh, connective tissue. Um, the next song I'm going to be throwing out at you all is a song that was made by the surviving members of Joy Division, who, after the untimely passing and, and leaving of... Uh, Ian Curtis, the rest of the guys decided, you know what, we still want to make music. Um, we'll, we'll make it work. And boy, howdy, did they. Uh, we are talking about the band New Order, 
who was another group of guys that were instrumental in ushering in the new wave of music that was coming. Uh, very electronically based, but at the same time, you know, there were still the elements of Joy Division in there. Um, and this next song is probably one of their best known as well. Obviously why it was on this um, this compilation and you know why MTV had this song on heavy rotation at the time, uh, especially during 120 minutes. This is Perfect Kiss by New Order. stick with that kind of English electronic sound and we're going to come upon one of the biggest bands that came out of that scene from the 80s and the 90s they were and are huge and important and I am speaking of none other than Depeche Mode yes yes the great and powerful Depeche Mode um to steal from Joe Rogan. Mm, should I have done that? Probably not. Anyway, um, here is one of their biggest songs of all time. Um, I don't know if it's their best song of all time, but it's definitely their biggest. And it was a gigantic smash hit from the 1990 album Violator. It is track number three. I know you all know it. It has been out there forever and it is a staple on any 90s playlist. And it was also covered by the one and only Johnny Cash and I love both versions equally. Um, that was covered on one of his uh, American recordings albums I believe on volume three if I'm not mistaken volume three or four I'm, I'm drawing a blank anyway um, yeah so here it is a little personal Jesus just remember this is Depeche Mode and to reach out and touch faith reach out touch faith
exit. You'll need to confess. Anyway, uh, yeah, that song was written. Um, I guess from what I from what I've heard, <clears throat> excuse me, that their song was kind of a. a inspired by Elvis. Now you say to yourself, Kyle, how the fuck is that song inspired by Elvis? Well, apparently in her book, Priscilla Presley, when she was younger, described Elvis as her personal Jesus. And that just kind of stuck with songwriter Martin Gore. And he eventually developed this song around that kind of premise of someone being your own personal Jesus. Someone you could confide in and, and thought was everything. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy that a song by Depeche Mode was inspired by Elvis. Hmm. Actually more inspired by Priscilla Presley, but nevertheless, you know, Elvis was part of that. It's kind of weird, kind of crazy, kind of cool. Uh, next up on our little lineup today um, from MTV's 120 Minutes, never mind the mainstream volume number two, is a uh, little ditty by the Pixie of the Great North. Way, way, way up there. Don't worry, she's going to be okay. We are talking about none other than Bjork and her first band, The Sugar Cubes. And this is song. this song is called Birthday. And it is track number three off of Life's Too Good from 1998. And she describes this song... Well, she doesn't really describe the song per se as much as she does. Um, that she describes singing. And singing is like a celebration of oxygen. And as weird and as odd as that might sound, you know what? She's not wrong. The song content's a little dark, not dark, but a little taboo. Um, I guess it had something to do with some older man that she knew. That I don't want to say groomed her, but he was one of those older men that dug her when she was a little itty bitty little pixie. Um, yeah. So, here it is. Birthday. By Bjork and the Sugar Cubes. Next, uh, we are totally switching gears from uh, the weird, ethereal, goofy little pixie girl we know as Bjork and her band the Sugar Cubes, and we are going to switch gears into something a lot, well, I don't know if I'd say a lot harder, but definitely a, a switch in programming, so to speak. Um, we are going to move on to the... North Midwest's own 
Oscar do. That's right. Uh, the guys that were on the forefront of that third wave, so to speak, of punk rock music, uh, especially in their early days. And we're going to move on to kind of where we did in the the when we covered his solo song that was on the first volume of this compilation, uh, Bob Mould's moving the band more towards the melodic sound um, that he has kind of recently well not recently but in the last 20-25 years or so ushered in and, and made his own um, but he's brought the band's sound into this one and I really dig this I always did um, this is not off of one of their actual actual uh, studio releases so to speak this is off of um, 1987's Warehouse Songs and Stories I believe this is kind of a compilation of their stuff as well and more b-sides and so forth which is why it does not quite sound like normal Husker Do stuff a little less edgy a little more on the melodic side I mean they kind of grew as they progressed as a band uh, very similar to um, their brethren, Soul Asylum, as well as uh, Paul Westerberg and the replace replacements as well. All from that Midwest uh, area, uh, Michigan and uh, Minnesota, Minnesota really, uh, Minneapolis. Those the, that's kind of the trifecta from that area, unless you know you're thinking of other folks too. But anyway, uh, this is Could You Be The One. Could you be the one they talk about? Well, hiding inside, behind another door. Well, is it all the happiness you want? Just wanting a feeling better anymore. It doesn't mean that much to me sometimes. ushering in a new age for that band and uh well not as much for husker do per se but uh where bob mold was going to go in the future after this like i said this was released off of their 1987 um album warehouse songs and stories if you guys are interested in more stuff by bob uh he had a brief band called sugar which is a really, really great band. Definitely a lot more of the melodic rock stuff as well as his solo work. Uh, I highly recommend Bob. He's pretty goddamn great. Um, moving on, we are going to go to a band that has gone through many a uh, couple incarnations. And this particular track was actually from their first incarnation. We are talking about Faith No More. And this was pre-Mike Patton joining the band and uh, exploding them on the scene in the uh, early 90s. Uh, this is uh, called We Care A Lot and it was basically a song written about uh, how fake and phony um, and poser-like celebrities were and how much they wanted people to think that they cared a lot about things. Um, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but really great song and it, it has been covered by the Mike Patton uh, led version of the band as well but this is from the original lead singer and I'm blanking on his name and I didn't write it down and I kind of wish I had but uh, yeah so this is We Care A Lot by Faith No More 
We care a lot. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Faith No More from uh, their 1980 It's a 7 release, Introduce Yourself. And, uh, you know, there was a time, especially during the uh, epic era of the band with Mike Patton at the helm, uh, when they first kind of came on the scene, I looked at them as kind of the poor man's Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, of course, in my, um, oh, what do we call this? My agedness and, and uh, I, I kind of figured out that wasn't really the case, especially, I, I should have known this after hearing this song, but not a, um, Anyway, should have realized this after this song, <clears throat> but sorry, uh, that was not the case. Uh, they kind of came up both around the same time, around the same era. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on a second, folks. I kind of think the reason I thought that is the the music videos that Faith No More made at the time uh, seemed to look a lot and sound a lot like Chili Pepper stuff. That was not the case, and I need to be smacked for that opinion for so long. I liked both bands, but I was kind of a bigger Chili Peppers fan at the time, and now that's flipped a little for me as of late especially over the last like 20 years or so since Chili's kind of lost their edge anyway that's just me and my opinion and part of the reason I said that is because we're coming up close on the end of the show here so we've got one last song to play for you uh, and that song is from our boys from the Violent Femmes and we are talking about the track <clears throat> number nine off of their self-titled album from 1983, which was also their first album, and that's Violent Femmes, Violent Femmes. And this is actually not the song everybody's thinking that's going to be played. It is not Blister in the Sun. No, no. This is uh, Gone Daddy Gone from that album. <laughs> self-titled debut album Vanet Femmes from 1983 and I guess that does it for today at least as far as the um, album tracks and so forth off of Never Mind the Mainstream the best of 120 minutes that being said that does not totally end the show just yet um as i've said before i'm humbled and thankful that i've got all of you guys still kind of listening to the program and helping me out and giving me love by doing so it's still just makes me smile very 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 much and i appreciate all of you and Love that you guys still like to hear me jibber-jabber about this bullshit. And hopefully will for quite some time. That would be epic and spectacular. Uh, so, I guess 
I'm not going to make any sort of promises as to when the next episode is going to be out. Hopefully it'll be a little bit sooner. Um, doing a little bit better on time management around these parts and so forth. So, hope you guys are digging it. Just want to say that I love you all. Much love to all of you brothers and sisters. Because without you, this is just me talking into a mic and stroking my own ego. So I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, yeah, so much love and we'll see you on the next one. And the next one will actually be an album and uh, by one band. And um, we'll, we'll focus on something that I actually do have in the collection. I just needed to get this out. This one was one of those things that was just sitting in my head and over the last couple of weeks uh this this album, this set of albums has been in kind of in my rotation. I've been in that semi nostalgic mood. Um so we'll see where the next one takes us. All right. That being said, again, much love. And see you next time from the pot office. I like the tone of your trumpet. Come on and spill some paint. Let's raise a glass of milk to end of another day into the kiss that's still intangible and the kids are all right just unmanageable they won't do a damn thing you say Sorry to interrupt your call, but it's a physical impossible.